Joe Keyboard here, joined by Rod Greeter, the Isanti Master Gardener, here to talk about gardening here in Minnesota. Rod, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me again today. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me. Everybody's getting excited as we talk about 70-degree temperatures. <laughs> They're starting to think about gardening. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, today we're discussing uh, planning for productive gardens specifically and how to use correct fertilizer for plants. So let's just start with an update on what's going on now with horticulture and gardening just in general. Yeah, well, you know, some things that are going on, uh, a lot of talk uh, on Facebook in, in, in uh, groups and things mm-hmm. and online about uh, raised beds and containers and trellises, especially for people that don't have a lot of space. You know, not everybody's got 80 acres or even one acre. So uh, there's, there's ways to raise some of your own food with raised beds and containers mm-hmm. and to use that space wisely. There's even a book and kind of a cult following called Square Foot Gardening has a lot of great ideas on how to maximize return from a small space. So, uh, you know, people are asking too on raised beds, uh, what, what should I use? And traditionally, uh, I had uh, at my farm railroad ties. You know, they're very cheap, yep. uh, you know, nice. You can stack them up two, three high and worked really well. Uh, well, there was concerns about uh, some of that tar that's in there and other things that make that uh, railroad tie resistant and yeah. weather resistant. And people say, well, I'm not going to use it because of that. Well, if you're buying a railroad tie that's been out in the ground for 30, 40 years, most likely all of that stuff is leached out of it. Yeah. So those railroad ties are fine for a garden. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't buy a new one and put it in there. But the creosote, that's what I was looking at, creosote in those posts. Uh, generally, the, the ones that we're using, the old ones, it's fine. But you can also use metal, uh, galvanized. I've seen people use uh, galvanized water tanks that you use for watering cattle, mm-hmm. and they'll use that. All you need to make sure there is that you have uh, adequate drainage at the bottom. You don't want to fill that tank up, and pretty soon you get uh, soil uh, swimming in water, and the plants won't like that. So those kind of things that people are making decisions on, um, starting seeds. We talked a little bit last uh, time about starting seeds. If you want to be planting by June 1st, which is when we recommend putting those transplants out, our 50% frost date is about May the 20th in mm-hmm. Isani, Pine, Canabic counties. Uh, so you want to wait till Memorial Day weekend. So that means you need to get that stuff planted now or within the next uh, week or two. Mm. So six to eight weeks of growing indoors, and then you're ready to set it outside. Uh, Pruning, really most pruning should be done now, especially as we get 70-degree days. The sap starts moving. We know know, maple syrup's been going on already, or sugaring, as the aficionados call it. Sugaring's been going on, so the sap is moving. Uh, You really want to stop pruning any oaks by now because of oak wilt but if you've got an apple tree and it's got a lot of suckers and a lot of uh vertical branches that are that are filling in that canopy that means you're going to have a high humidity probably have a lot of diseases i'd take my chances and get those trimmed out open up that canopy so the wind can go through and the benefits i think outweigh the risks there okay. you'll have healthier apples freer from disease if you do that and you're not causing too many problems yet doing that pruning right now gotcha uh soil testing too i can't say that enough know what you got and what you need Mm -hmm. to improve it otherwise you're throwing good money after bad or you're out there doing all the work tending your garden taking care of the weeds and if you don't have enough n p and k 
you're not going to get a return on it anyway. So soil test to find out where you are. Is that something people can do through the Isani County Extension? or? Yep, yep. They can stop at our office or give me a call there too. And uh, we'll get them the, uh, the soil test bags and instructions and even help them enter it. But the results when they get them back. Gotcha. And then you have a, a horticulture day coming up? Well, we just or had you, one. Yep. Just had one. And we had about 100 people on the call. I think we had 140 registered. And we always had at least 100. I know people were kind of coming and going. We had five great speakers on topics like pruning, mm-hmm. on finding the right plant to put in the right place, how much sun. Uh, and then we also talked about protecting pollinators and what small fruits grow in Minnesota. The reason I mention all this is we recorded the sessions. I even uh, practiced doing a little video editing, so <laughs> not exactly uh, professional, but it works. Yeah. So if somebody is interested in seeing those presentations, they can contact me and I can send them a link to the videos. Let's talk about soil fertility. Uh, why is it so important to have a good having a productive garden? Well, like we talked about, uh, you know, you got to match the the plants' needs to what's available in that soil. And plants need carbon dioxide, they need water, and they need a dozen other nutrients in order to grow. It's just plant science 101, mm-hmm. you know, horticulture 101. And N, P, and K are those big three, those macronutrients, as we call them. Okay. And every plant needs to have adequate uh amounts of those available in the soil because those are going to be limiting doesn't matter if you got everything else right but it's deficient for n mm. so those are really limiting rate uh, rate rate limiting steps as we call them now there are other nutrients that you may need but that goes back to doing that soil test and finding out what's there and you might need some other nutrients depending on the soil type so if it's a little sandy maybe you'll need some some other things or what the condition is has when's the last time it's been fertilized oh you haven't done it in the last 10 years well maybe you need to i'd say probably you'll need to um how do you gardeners find out what your uh, soil fertility is well the soil test u of m lab uh, and we've got uh, a soil probe that they can get by calling me, and we'll help them uh, figure that out. Uh, they need to know the, the basic diagnostic test that the U of M soil lab does is phosphorus, potassium, organic matter, and pH. Mm. It won't necessarily tell them, tell them their N numbers. There are some tests for that, but I can pretty much guess they're going to need N unless they've been fertilizing. Why do they need to know the pH? Well, pH 2 helps the plant be more effective at taking up the nutrients. Mm. So if the pH is out of whack, too acidic, or way too alkaline, then it can't efficiently take up the nitrogen. Mm. So you're wasting money by saying put nitrogen out there because it can't even use it, even if there's a lot of it there. So you really want to know the pH. Organic matter, of course, is important. Uh, Most of our soils are 3.5%, 4%. If you can bump that up, I forget the calculation, but uh, there's a a significant increase in water holding capacity. Mm. So then you don't have to water as much. You don't have as much drought uh, symptoms if you've got good organic matter. Things like blueberries, too, which I I know we've talked about in the past. pH is uh, really important there. If you get a pH of six and a half to seven, the blueberries aren't going to work. They like it at four and a half to five and a half. So you do need to know that pH, and it'll dictate what you're growing. So sample that soil correctly. Uh, you generally want to uh, probe down about six inches in cultivated soils, and then mix that up in a plastic pail and pour it into the little sample bags that we can provide you. 
and then those sample bags get sent into the U of M, and it'll take a couple weeks, especially during the spring time. Mm -hmm. They're really busy. And then they'll send you the results back, and I know sometimes it can be a little hard to interpret them, although they've done a really good job of trying to make them more user-friendly. But they can call me there, too, if they need help. Gotcha. Uh, well, what if the soil test indicates that they need fertilizer? Then what? Yeah, well, then they, they have some choices they can make. Uh, a lot of people first look at, well, what's the type of fertilizer? And we've you know got a lot of people that they think about organic needing to be there in everything they do. And uh, let's not get me started on that discussion. Mm -hmm. But uh, synthetic versus organic. Organic fertilizer means it's it's naturally based. It's based off of carbon. It's manure. It's broken down leaves or straw, that type of thing, uh, which can be good. It can actually help you build organic matter, but not nearly as fast as some people think. There's mm -hmm. a lot of data that says organic matter is built, you know, over five years, 10 years, depending on what you're using as the amendment there. But organic can be good, but it, like we talked about uh, with some of the release of, of nitrogen, uh, that organic matter has to be broken down into the nitrates and other forms of those nutrients that the plants can take up. That takes time. Yeah. Also, when they're breaking down, if you have straw out there, which is a lot of carbon, it needs nitrogen to break down that straw. Guess what? it's using some of the nitrogen that those plants need. Mm -hmm. So you really need to make sure that it's broken down. Uh, if you're using a compost, make sure that that's completely done because uh, if you've thrown a lot of your weeds in the compost from the year before, which is okay, but you have to make sure that it gets up to whatever, 150, 160 degrees to cook it and kill all those weed seeds. Otherwise, you're spreading weed seeds back out on your garden. So, yes, you can use organic materials. Yes, you can use compost, but you got to know what you're doing. Mm. So there's some things that, uh, that are going on there. Uh, also, if you're going to buy a synthetic or even organic, they're going to be labeled. They're going to have a bag label on there, and it's probably going to have uh, a couple numbers, three numbers, and those are the N, P, and K. Mm -hmm. So an example might be 10, 10, 10 on a 50-pound bag of fertilizer. What does that mean? It means that 10% of it's nitrogen, 10% is phosphorus, 10% is potassium. Mm. So in that bag, there's only five pounds of nitrogen. So if you're supposed to put on 15 pounds, whatever the area is, the recommendation is 15 pounds, or you're going to need three bags of that. Yep. Okay? So you got to do that calculation to make sure that what you're putting on really meets the need and the, the results that are rec or that you're getting in your soil test. So you might have to do a little math there. So make sure you got some coffee and it's early in the morning <laughs> so you can do that math correctly. And then the timing there too. Maybe you don't put all that fertilizer on right away when you plant. Put some on then and then maybe sprinkle some in the row, not getting it on the plants because it can burn a little bit. So you need to be careful there how you apply it and when you time it. And most likely you're going to need to incorporate it a little bit. Otherwise that nitrogen, as we talked about, uh, can volatilize and go up into the air and you lose the benefit of it. And uh, of course we don't want to do that. And then observation. Uh, you can you can be your own best plant doctor by looking at your plants. So if you start to see them yellowing, that generally means they're short on nitrogen. Mm. Okay. Uh, if the, you start to see them do getting some red and purple bands on the leaves, that generally means phosphorus. So 
Uh, there are great way, some great tools that you can use. You can go to our diagnostics at the University of Minnesota Extension site, and there's some diagnostics there that you can use these and go out to the field and say, oh, it's yellow, oh, it's purple, oh, it's brown here. And that'll tell you, too, uh, what's going on in, with the uh, soil fertility. Gotcha. Well, how can people get a hold of you and the other master gardeners? Yeah, we've got a yard and garden line that's staffed year round, mm-hmm. and they can give us a call, leave a message, and a yard. Uh, one of our master gardeners uh, will pick that message up from that yard and garden line, and then call them back within forty-eight hours with an answer, or give them uh, a resource where to go, or uh, you know some other recommendations. And that number is seven six three six eight nine. 8255. They can also go to our website, Isanti County Master Gardeners, that's a mouthful.com, and then follow us on Facebook there too. I think we've got about 600 followers now, uh, so uh, we're very happy with that. Uh, and Isanti County Master Gardeners and, on Facebook. And we've got monthly meetings. If anybody is interested in becoming a master gardener, or even if not, Mm -hmm. uh, we've got monthly meetings, and there's a public education event at the beginning of every monthly meeting. So 7 p.m., second Thursday. So that would be uh, April the 8th is our next meeting. And we're talking about seed selection and some other gardening tips. And our speaker is Sharon Johnson, and she's from the Minnesota Fresh Farm, I think down by East Bethel in Nysandy mm-hmm. County. So lots of ways to get information, but give us a call on the Yard and Garden line if you've got a specific question or a specific problem. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you so much for coming in and chatting things going on in our gardens. Thanks, Joe. Looking forward to getting out there myself. Mm-hmm.